Praise the Lord, it's chat time. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. It's chat time again. Yes, praise the Lord, it is chat time once again. Now this week we're going to continue to discuss current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So last week we were ending our program talking about Creflo Dollar, the tele-evangelist who's saying his teachings on tithing aren't correct. Um, and he says, throw away all, you, all, he, all the tapes that you bought, all the <laughs> videos, all the, you know, just toss everything out, but he's not going to give you a refund for it. But just throw away every book and everything. And essentially forget about what he said about tithing. And so we were going over um, some scriptures that talked about tithing and how, and today, you know, and uh, I know we did this probably a couple of programs ago, and we um, recapped it last week. But, but, you know, I got to thinking, when we got to the scripture of Hebrews, chapter 7, verse 8, it's like, I think we, we lost our train of thought or something. And we didn't really explain Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, as it relates to tithing. So we might as well just go back and read it and clarify it. Yes, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 reads, And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. Okay, and then... And then last week what I did is I kind of read it on a little bit further because it's talking about Melchizedek and paying how he paid tithes to Abraham. No, Abraham paid tithes. Or Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. And, and um, so I think we just need to explain that verse a little bit more. Yeah, I see a lot of times because people, they have such an opposition to uh, paying tithes. And he's letting you know that there is a, there's a natural practical reason for paying tithes. And tithes also point to something that is spiritual. Now, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but we do know whoever wrote it was commending the people for sharing in their offering. Because he said, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed towards his name and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister and you're still doing that. And so when they say, and here, men that die receive tithes. Okay, so there's a question about that verse where it says, men that die. Mm -hmm. So explain that. What does that mean, men mean, that die? Every, everyday people, people born of a woman, born of a woman, they die. You know, any, anything that has come out the womb, you're not destined to stay here on earth. I mean, the only way you're going to escape uh, death is if you're translated in the end. But anything, So it's just human beings, period. period. Right. All mortal flesh. Right. Receive, they receive tithes. People, as opposed, people in the ministry. As opposed to Melchizedek, Right. Who didn't have a beginning and didn't have an end. Right. And, this is, and because of that, he yet liveth. And the fact that Abraham paid him tithes is a testimony. The fact that Abraham that is under the old covenant, that's true. But what he wanted us to see was that 
Jesus is under the, a new covenant, and he doesn't come through the line of, of Levi. He comes through the line of Judah. He said, because if, he had been, if it had been natural, if his mission here had been natural and not spiritual, Jesus would not have been a priest. So who is Melchizedek? Is he they a, don't know. Uh, is he a priest? Is he's a priest he a and a, he's he a, a priest and a king. King of Salem and a priest. But they don't know where he came from, and they don't know where he went to. And, and, you know, when people told me about that, I had to go look it up and, and read about it because that's true. In the Bible, it says nobody knows where he came from, right? and nobody knows what happened to him. But um, Abraham must have known something spiritual about him. Oh, yeah. He knew the, the, the spiritual part, and he knew to, to do uh, due diligence and pay his tithes unto the priest. Okay, so that was in the Old Testament. But going back to the beginning of that verse, it said that... Uh, that and here, men that die receive tithes. So he's letting here, you know. Right. Here, right in this now. day and age. Right. In this earth. Right now, every human being who dies... Who's in the ministry, and people are going uh, to, 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 to church, to service, and they're a member, they pay tithes. Because that's the natural side to paying tithes. You have to, you ha the person has to live. And the Levitical priests at that time, they lived off the tithes, just like many a pastor today live off of the church because they minister the spiritual things. This is what Paul told you. If I can minister to you the spiritual, you most certainly can give me the natural because the natural perishes. And it's nothing compared to the spiritual. So he said, so if I can minister the spiritual, you can give me the natural. So when you pay your tithes, which is in the natural, it's a necessity. And when you do it as unto the Lord willingly, God will bless you according to the blessings that he attached to paying tithes. But he's saying Jesus came through on the spiritual side now. Jesus came through. Maybe this is a confused careful dollar. When Jesus came through, he didn't come through the line of Levi. He came through the line of Judah. And because he came through the line of Judah, he broke what they considered to be the, the train of descendants for the priesthood. Right, I think because what Creflo Dollar said is that we're under grace. We're operating under grace. And I think... For our souls, means, yes. Well, I think what he means is that Jesus came. He... He was crucified and he died on the cross for our sins. And, right. And that is the grace that right. we have to have, you know, if we accept for salvation. the Lord, we right. have eternal life because of Jesus. Yes. But that is a little bit different than... Because what, what he's confusing the natural purpose that the Lord established ties with the spiritual purpose as to why Jesus came through the line of Judah. Because if Jesus had come through the line of Levi, everybody would still, we would all still be under the law. But by him coming through the line of Judah, he let us know it's a spiritual priesthood for our salvation. But when it comes to the natural business, when it comes to taking care of the saints, the saints who are more prosperous taking care of those saints who are less prosperous or less fortunate, when we talk about in business be men, that's what Paul is saying. He said, I've robbed other churches, meaning that I've told churches who've had, you're going to have to give me of your increase so that I can help those who don't have as much or who aren't as fortunate. So when people pay 
their tithes as unto the Lord. It's a spiritual connection to it, but it has nothing, it has no hold on Jesus as far as our salvation because Jesus did not come through the line of Levi. But we as a church still have to function. Priests or pastors still live off the church. So men that are here, men that die, still receive tithes. And the author of Hebrews let us know this still is in effect. So our salvation is spiritual, but there is a business side, there is a natural side to maintaining. So we are saved and God has given us common sense. Pastor has to eat, lights have to be paid, heat has to be paid. If you have a mortgage on the church, it has to be paid. If you've got fees, they've got to be dealt with. If you have maintenance, it has to be dealt with. If you have uh, if you have an overflow, then the Lord said, then you bring it to the storage room so that there be meat for the church. So anything that is in abundance, you know, you can you can actually help those who are less fortunate. So when people refuse to pay tithes, and I've known people who are so stingy they didn't want to give into the offering. So so he lets you know. If, if you hold on to it and not give it as unto the Lord, you, you can do it because, like the Lord said, it's yours. Like you told Ananias and Spice, it's yours to do with what you want. But if you're looking for God to bless you the way he said he was going to bless you and to favor you the way he said he was going to favor you, you're going to have to do that as unto the Lord. He never discontinued that portion of it. All right. So I think a lot of people get confused because they view it as giving it to a church or to a man or to a, instead of uh, obeying God's law, you know, obeying what the Lord has said, you know, right, how because, he has set things up. Right, because ultimately the, the leader or the pastor of the church, uh, be it male or female, even though I know some of you are going to say, be it male or female, the pastor of the church or the ministers, those who are ministering the spiritual, are entitled to your natural. And Paul never, ever discounted that. You don't discount that because that's the reality. But he lets you know that our salvation isn't dependent upon the old covenant. Our salvation is dependent upon grace. And then so people will think that like Creflo Dollar, he wanted... You know, they want fine cars and jets, and they want to, they well, want, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, people look at what they do with the money. But that doesn't necessarily mean tithes. See, this is what, to me, is so hypocritical. A person could be paying their tithes. A person can be getting a jet because somebody might not have given tithes, might have given him $10,000, might have given him $100,000, had nothing to do with their tithes. They gave an offering. For him to receive what he got. The point, what I'm trying to make is that people look at what a per, what a pastor would do with the money instead of looking at giving it to the Lord. Right, you give it as unto the so Lord. So if you you have to think so, sometimes abstractly a little bit, you know, because you have to think in the terms of it's spiritual, it's not natural. You it, go you go by faith, but to me. Uh, to me, the Lord said you'd be temperate in all things. So I, you know, to me, a pastor should use common sense. But there are people who are envious. 
So even if you are modest in what you do, but if what you do, say if you, to me, there are some people who just have good taste. I mean, have you ever seen a person, it's not like they have to spend an extravagant amount of money, but when they look at something, they can tell the quality of something and they purchase it. Sometimes they might even get it on sale and nobody else saw the value in it, but they did. And then people look at it and assume they paid an arm and a leg for it, and then they become envious and covetous, and they say, that, so that's what they're doing with the money. It's almost like they want the person to, to reflect poverty and live. And, well, and, a lot of churches and, teach that, and, you know, poverty. Yeah, but the Lord never taught that. What the Lord taught is it is better to give than to receive. The Lord taught those who remember the poor, God blesses them. That's what the Lord taught. He never taught a person. And that you means have moderation. To. We talked about that in another program. I mean, you don't, blessed, it's more blessed to give than to receive, but you don't give everything that you have and make yourself poor. Right. You don't, you, you, use, you use common sense. So I wouldn't walk into an area where people are, are destitute wearing pearls and a mink. That's stupid. Even if a person owns pearls and they own a mink, some things the Lord lets you know you have to have understanding and wisdom. And so a lot of the pastors, to me, some of them have come from a position of nothing. And then when they get all these blessings and begin to overflow, they get beside themselves. And that shouldn't be because then you're putting your trust in mammon. When you don't put your trust in mammon, those things that other people just fall over, a person, it doesn't mean the same thing to somebody because their eyes, their interest, and, and their heart is concentrated on the Lord. But Paul always took care of business to the point where he said, when I come, you have the money and the offerings and everything collected. By the time I get there, I, but he didn't say, I better not have any money. He said, when I get there, I bet the money better be there so that I can take it to the church who's really destitute so that they can have some relief. So business is business. So now people still pay tithes as unto the Lord, but it's for the maintaining of the church, the ministry, the leaders, the, if you have a building, the building, the, 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 the care of the church. All right, so that's the end, the end of our recap here. So I'm gonna move on to a topic. Um, I, re I was reading an article this morning written by Tim Tebow. I like him, you uh, know, but you know, he, he comes up with a lot of fire sometimes. So I don't, I don't know if everybody remembers him. He used to be a football player mm -hmm. and then he was a baseball player mm -hmm. and then he's, he's a preacher mm -hmm. <laughs> or he, he gets involved in helping a lot of kids mm -hmm. and stuff. But I was reading an article about this morning about uh, people in pain and he was saying that God has a purpose for pain. There's always a purpose. We don't know what it is. You know, there's always, you know, we don't know what God's plan is, and we don't know. And, and it's not so much the pain, but it's how we deal with it. It's the purpose that he has for us. Well, anyway, I, I didn't print it out. 
to well, talk about it. But, yeah, um, we deal with it, but we don't do like Mother Teresa. People were giving her all this money, and she just put no, it in no, the bank. No, no, I don't think he was saying anything like that. Right, then, and her, her stand was, you're suffering for the glory of the Lord. So she never tried to look for a cure. No, I think in his article he was talking about, you look to the Lord and that he will deliver you and that he will help you and mm -hmm. he will take you through it and bring you out of it. Right. I think that's what he, the basic gist of his article. But I read it, but somebody sent me this other article and it's uh, about depression and anxiety and how there's hope in the middle of all depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this article is written by uh, Jen, Janetta Pace, and she um, is a pastor's wife, a Bible college student, a believer, and um, she herself suffered from depression. In mm -hmm. 2001, she said that she attempted suicide, mm -hmm. and she said, I came to a place where the emotional pain was too heavy, the darkness too strong. Hope was gone, and God seemed far away. And unfortunately, um, I can I identify with that mm -hmm. sometimes. And she says, as a Bible college student, a pastor's wife, a longtime believer, depression felt like a depression felt like a failure, and two lies became a poison that led her to believe that there was just no way out of it. Mm -hmm. She said. Um, what came to her all over and over again was, I am worthless. I will never be well again. And she says, if you have struggled with those lies, she said, my heartfelt desire is to free you. There is one name that proves both wrong. It's in the beautiful and incredibly powerful story of Jesus. And um, she says, I am worth under the she has in the article broken it down into paragraphs and under the paragraph I am worthless she says Jesus' life and death prove that it's not true and I tell I have to tell myself that a lot mm -hmm. right more than I more than I want to even share because the enemy comes to try to uh, persuade a person when, when people sing this song, I used to hear people sing, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I'm thinking, where do they think the battlefield is? The battlefield is in it's your heart. Mind, in right, your and the enemy comes heart. to try to attack your mind so that those lies become part of your heart. That's why the Lord tells you to gird up your mind because you're in it for a fight. And I have to talk to myself all the time so I can identify with what she's saying. I can identify with it because, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I feel like a failure or I feel like I'm worthless. And then I have to tell myself right away, well, that's not true because you died for me. Right. And you love me. Right. And if you love me and you died for me, I have to be worth something. Oh, yeah. And so I'm constantly telling the enemy that that's not a true statement. Right, it's not. And you know, I got to the point where I said, Lord, I'm not gonna spend my time arguing with the devil. <laughs> I said, I'm not gonna waste my time. I said, I'm not gonna waste my time by giving him an audience. 
And when the enemy comes, I start to praise God. When the enemy comes, I start uh, talking about the Word of God, Scriptures. I said, Lord, you teach and my you have to right. Teach my hands how to fight, and, and teach my fingers how to fight, and my hands how to war. I said, Lord, you teach me. You show me, Lord, uh, your path. Teach me your ways. Teach me your path. Show me your ways. I tell the Lord, you do it because I'm going to give you the praise. You're going to show me how to use the sword. You know, you ever see how David said that Saul's armor and his buckler and his sword, they, they, he couldn't use them because he hadn't proven them. But God's word is, is sure. God has to teach us how to fight. You don't see somebody becoming a heavyweight champion and just step out of nowhere. No, somebody had to teach them how to fight. And the Lord teaches us how to fight the enemy because the enemy comes and he, he fights dirty. And so the enemy comes. And it's no clean tournament battle. The enemy comes and he cheats and he does everything. No truth, no love, no compassion. And, what and, they do. and sometimes out of the clear blue, you could be just having a, you could be just having a really good day. All of a sudden, this thought comes into That's your the mind, enemy. and and you start crying and and you think about something and you and, and it just spoils your right. whole day. That's, but that's the enemy. And I said, Lord, bless us. And this is what I pray. Lord, bless us. To prophesy and bless us to discern so that you recognize that's a spirit that has just stepped in to your realm and invaded your personal spiritual space in order to try to disquiet a person, try to upset a person's soul and their peace of mind. So when we put on the whole armor, one of those things that I had just, it just hit me all of a sudden. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that gospel says, peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace in your soul. We're shod with the gospel of peace. And so the first thing that we do, though, is we have to have the truth. We have to recognize it when we see it. So we probably won't be able to finish this topic this week, but um, going back to I Am Worth This, she was saying that until I faced off with depression, and that's what you have to do. You have to stand your ground. You have to face it. You have to, and unfortunately, you have to face it maybe every day. Right, because the enemy is relentless. Maybe once a month. Have, have you ever read in the Old Testament, which is a shadow of the things which are spiritual, what the priests had to put on, what they had to wear, or how long they had to wear it, what they had to do when they had it on? I said, oh my goodness, it was like none, never ending. And the Lord let me know, that's how it is in serving me. It's never ending. There is no gap. There is no break. There is no vacation. It's like your love for the Lord is constant because the battle is constant. The enemy is constant. It is. And she says, I didn't realize that my version of God's love involved proving my worth. I had mistakenly come to think that God's affection and value of me relied on my spiritual resume. I would never have said that, but way deep down, that's how I was evaluating myself. And I think that's how everybody does. You know, everybody who suffers from any kind of depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. you look at what you, you look at your worth, you look at, you look at what you have accomplished. You look at what you're able or not able to do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you compare yourself to God's love. Mm -hmm. But that's not how you should do it. No. You know, so I know even this morning I had, I had to tell, I had to keep telling myself, 
that no, God died for me. He loves me. Right. And if he didn't love me, he wouldn't have died for me. Even right. if I was the only person on earth. Even if everybody else, but if I still were left mm -hmm. and he still would have he still would have died for me. So if he died for me and you and you and you and you and you we have to be worth something. Oh yeah. And so he wouldn't have done it for nothing. No, because we are his bride. We are the church. So when the enemy comes, you say, that's like when the Lord puts the sword in our hand. So he said, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we fight him with the word. He said, no, the Lord said, I'm his bride. He says, the church, we're his bride. It also says, we're his children. You know, so, and we're more precious. And so the Lord lets us know we are his. And I think sometimes... Um, some of our depression or anxiety comes from physical pain mm -hmm. or uh, the inability to do things like you used to be able to do. Yeah, or, some people who are afraid um, of getting old or afraid of dying. I mean, or um, I, I mean, there could be a whole host of things. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is that you have a God who loves you so very much that He calls you His own. He says, "You are my children." But we're going to have to stop here because I didn't expect to take up so much time on tithing. <laughs> so we'll continue next week. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now this week's verse of the day comes from Isaiah 25 and 1. O Lord, thou art my God. I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, fools die for want of what? And the answer is wisdom. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 21, which reads, The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for want of wisdom. This week's food for thought is, why should you be careful to not rob the poor or oppress the afflicted? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.